edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we escape the clutches of winter for the warm embrace of the Sunshine Coast. Join us as we indulge in Malulaba's beachy pleasures, we venture into the hinterland where charming mountain villages and rainforests await, plus we savour the creative magic of Umundi. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard Kiwi Tripsters, I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. Good to see you, Michael. And as winter grabs you in the nether regions, yes, a soiree into the Sunshine Coast sounds super enticing. Oh yes, my short and curlies are very keen to head to the sunny (laughs) coast, Andrew. And in contrast to the Gold Coast which yes. can be quite a head rush. Indeed. The Sunshine Coast particularly appeals to those who enjoy a more laid-back sort of pace. And Malulaba is a great hub when beaching it on the Sunshine Coast. Definitely. It's blessed by the gods because you've got that endless sweep of sugar-white sandy mm. beaches. In fact, there's 100 kilometres of beach that Ooh. makes up the Sunshine Coast, uh, and Malulaba is positioned very much at the heart of all of that. Well, Malulaba Beach constantly ranks as one of Australia's best beaches. This is so true. And and I actually think the reason for that is through a quirk of nature, mm-hmm. they are one of the few East Coast beaches in Australia that actually faces north. Ah. So that amplifies its appeal because obviously, given it's pointing north, yeah. the ocean currents are coming from the north-south and you get that warmer ocean water all year round. Oh, well, thank you, Michael, for that rather <laughs> elaborate explanation. That was my best attempt at being like Dan Corbett on One News with the weather. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's so good about Alexandra Headland? Well, halfway between Malulabar and its neighbour Maruchidor, you've mm-hmm. got this big headland, and I love taking the stroll up to Alexandra Headland, which is this towering promontory, and there's all sorts of interesting historic nuggets on this headland, including the tribute that it pays to HMAS Brisbane. Now, this was the warship decommissioned and sunk in 2005, and its funnels are just below the surface of the water Mm. offshore, and it now plays host to a wildly popular dive site, right? That's absolutely right, yeah. So um, you can see a bit of the history of... uh, Brisbane, HMAS, at the headland, and then the views across the coast from that headland are just incredible. You actually get to appreciate, yes, the Sunshine Coast has 100 kilometres of Sugar White (laughs) Beach. Um, And the other cool thing is on the boardwalk from the headland all the way back to Malulabar, uh, there's all these little rocky nooks on the foreshore. So quite often you will see loved-up couples having a bit of a canoodle in those rocky nooks as they are washed by waves and you'll see, you know, your fitness bunnies sort of blithely breezing by. I do like a rocky nook. Now, the wharf... The wharf has had a major facelift. It has. Yes. Yes, no rocky nooks on the wharf. Um, she is <laughs> she is airbrushed to perfection. Uh, this is like Malulabar's viaduct key, you yeah. know, for our Auckland audience. It's yeah. very much the equivalent. Mm. And it's home to 
the most incredible array of alluring hospo venues. I went to a place which I thought had Andrew Seppi's name all over it <laughs> called Boston Shaker. It sounds and, like a cocktail. Yes, it does, eh? Mm. And they do really good cocktails there. It's of sort of this do. like art deco speakeasy. <laughs> yeah. Um, very evocative, very vivacious, uh, lots of velvet uh, curtains and so forth. Fabulous place for late night drinks. And then, of course, lots of eateries. Now, what about, and this has got to be a play on something a little bit salacious, prawn star. Yes. As opposed to porn star. Yes. You got it, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a brand spanking new opening at the wharf. Okay. Spanking porn star. Oh, there we're you getting go. here, right? Yes. Right, move on. Um, now, if you've been to Cairns, you may have come across prawn star because that is their home base. Mm. And they've just branched out to Malulaba at the wharf, but they've done exactly what they have had for quite some years in Cairns. Two restored fishing trawlers that are permanently moored, and you just jump on board these boats uh, and just tuck into the most incredible seafood. And they really specialise in making sure all of their seafood is sustainably sourced, it's wild caught, ah. it's all cooked on board on these fishing trawlers. Wow. Um, so you just sort of tuck into a massive platter piled high with prawns and bugs and crayfish and oysters and salmon sashimi. Uh, so you're a fan of the Malulabar King Prawns. I reckon these guys are the King Prawns, Malulabar King Prawns. I am a raving fan. <laughs> Neptune's bounty doesn't get much more mouth-watering than these guys, and they are prized by chefs in Australia because of their texture as much as their flavour. Okay, elsewhere. You can get these little delicacies elsewhere, right? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll find them all over the Sunshine Coast. I went to a place called Sea Restaurant, which is also on the wharf, and um, they had sort of um, created their own uh, twist on your basic dish of Maludabar King Prawn. So they added crumbed coconut to the prawns Ooh. and for a bit of zest added some Peruvian salsa and a, and a sticky house chilli glaze. So wow. that was really, really cool. Yeah. Barramundi is a really popular fish in Australia. Yeah. And once again, at Sea Restaurant, they had added to Barramundi a macadamia crumb. Ooh. And I mean... It has to be said, mm, um, mm. I go quite nutty over anything crumbed in macadamias. Nutty macadamia. Thank you, you're, Andrew. You're good today. I worked hard on that script. You did. Um, so along with the barramundi and your macadamia nuts on top, you've got sage, butter potatoes, snow peas and fried cherry tomatoes. You're a big fan of <sighs> butter potatoes, duck fat potato, anything oh, yes. potato-ish. Yes, you're quite or there. fatty. fatty yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Spiro. Tell us about Spiro. Oh, well, as well. you know, I am a walkover for anything Greek. And you are indeed, especially Uzo. Yes, one of the latest heroes <laughs> to join the Wharf Parade is Spiro. Mm. And this place is the brainchild of Tony Kelly, who is like a hero of the restaurant scene in the Sunshine Coast. Mm -hmm. um, he has produced so many incredibly decorated, award-winning restaurants over the years. Unmistakably Greek, Spiro uh, feels like it's been scooped up by Neptune deep from the Aegean Sea. It just <laughs> is so Greek. Calimera. Um, the menu is salivating. Calamari, lemusaka, gyros, pork belly baklava, spanakopita. And if you, I'm sounding Italian, actually. 
It's kind of Greek Italian. But okay, yes. I'm sure we could be forgiven. And as we mentioned, Maruchidor is just around the corner. Right? Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of buzz, Andrew, about Maruchidor because the, the city or the town is in a sort of a transformation state because they are developing this really exciting new high-tech urban centre. It's mm-hmm. like the new town centre of Marucci. Oh, okay. um, and the reason I went there was principally to eat at a place called Market Bistro, which is also a new boy on the block. Um, they've got a red-hot reputation amongst the locals. The locals <laughs> go there for the house-made pasta, uh, the wide selection of dry-aged meats, and export-quality local seafood. Um, it's sort of like a European-style bistro. Yeah. And what I decided to... Tuck into there was the house-made tortellini with confit, duck leg, porcini mushroom, and parmesan, which was a very nice choice, I have to say. And, of course, to suit you, it'll have its own <coughs> bottle shop. Yes. Ah. That is very cool. How, how brilliant is that? I think every <laughs> restaurant needs to have its own in-store bottle shop. Mm-hmm. Yes. Indeed. Uh, now, what's a great way to take in the sights when we're here? How do we sort of get around and have a look? Absolutely. Well, if you want to do something a wee bit different, and I thought this was ingenious, there's a, a company called Adventure Rafting. Right, ah. and these guys have deployed a custom-built vessel, originally designed for the Australian Border Force, um, to take people on scenic rides around hey. the Malula Bar coastline. Yeah, yeah, cool. So it's sort of like the ocean equivalent to a jet boat ride and right. a big inflatable. In fact, if you think back to the America's Cup in Auckland, yeah. uh, Team New Zealand had like those oh, yeah. chase boats. Support boat, chase yeah. boat things. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. similar to that. Okay. And um, they do the most amazing excursions along the coastline. They'll take you out to a place called Majimba Island, uh, which is where you'll just see so much marine life popping up to say g'day, bottlenose dolphins, g'day. turtles. Yeah. G'day, turtle. Um, and actually at this time of year, through to about October, October, if you are lucky, you might even spot some humpback whales as they are cruising through Malula Bar um, in the middle of the year. Brendan and the team, they give you a really cool, informative commentary from go to woe. So, yeah, strap yourself in with adventure rafting for and, a riveting ride. And that is just to prove that we don't always look out for vessels that take us to bars and cocktails. This anyway, just ahead, we swap the coast for the forest and take a jaunt through the sunshine coast hinterland. We'll be back in a moment. Swap winter for a Sunshine Coast escape. Experience contemporary beach culture, lush and soothing rainforest encounters, charismatic hinterland villages and unforgettable dining. Relax and recharge your senses on the Sunshine Coast. Visit sunshinecoast.com. This is Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew. Let's elevate the playground to the hive of hidden gems lurking in the hinterland. And there's a dedicated touring route you can take, right? This is true, Andrew. Just yes. follow the signposts on the Blackhall Range tourist route, mm. Maya Brown. Uh, the highway number is 23. Follow those signs all along <laughs> the Razorback ridgeline of the escarpment. And you can sort of hopscotch your way from one highland village to a scenic reserve to a lofty lookout and repeat. Um, so it is a really cool touring circuit that you can just sort of pick and choose as to what you want to do from the huge array of options. 
Okay. Now, people are raving about the mountain village of Monteville. Monteville, the mountain village. It is like a storybook village, mm, um, as mm. if it's sort of shuffled out of a fairy tale. It is such a cool wee place, Monteville. Um, it is quite a tourist trap. So you've got your chintzy cafes and you've got cosy craft cottages, lots of art galleries. It's even got its own water mill. But it really is a gorgeous setting, and it's right on the edge of the hinterlands, eastern escarpment. So you've got these amazing views down through the valleys, and the pastures towards the coast. On the main street, by the way, a shop I enjoyed, the Clock Shop, which ticks and tocks with thousands of cuckoo clocks. Thankfully, they haven't all been set to the same time, otherwise you would go um, cuckoo. And it's all housed in this, like, German chalet that looks like it's walked straight out of a Brothers Grimm story. So, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a tourist trap, as I say, but they do it so well at Monville. Your parents have got a cuckoo clock. They do. I know. It's I've always loved that. Never misses a beat. No, it doesn't. Mm. Yeah. How far away is the dairy town of Mullaney? Very short hop, about 20 minutes by car from Montville to Mullaney on those Razorback Ridgeline roads. Um, the thing about Mullaney is... It is very much a foodie destination mm. um, and also a very sort of creative vibe uh, to the town. So you've got a like an artisan food scene, lots of ageing hippies <laughs> managing all sorts of really cool stores. Um, yeah, and, man. And, yeah, exactly. Lots of scenic spots to lay out your picnic uh basket. There's um, all sorts of innovative enterprises as well, like a place I went to called Q Camel. I've heard of this. Yeah. Now, these guys produce pasteurised and bottled camel milk. Yeah. And the thing about camel milk, it's high in iron, but very low in lactose. Um, And if you like, you even do like tours and tastings of Q Camel, where they have things like the camels and canapes experience. What more could you ask for, Mm, Andrew? Probably better for you than a packet of camel cigarettes. So tell us about Mulaney Food Co. This this is legendary. This this really is the destination in Mulaney because Mm. it's like a one-stop shop, complete with a deli and a cafe and it. It's like an Aladdin's cave of gourmet projects. Now, if you like your cheese... Which I do. That's my food of choice. Go on. Fromage fans go stir-crazy at Mulaney Food Co. because this is one of Australia's premier cheese shops. In their fromagerie, they boast over 250 cheeses. Mm. Incredible, eh? Mm. And they're all maturing in their little cheese shop. Um, A lot of them sourced locally (laughs) and globally. But if you want to try a couple of locals... Jesus, that is. Um, <laughs> my favourites would be the Kenilworth Vintage Cheddar. Yes. And if you like your cheese decadently glu- uh, gooey, <laughs> I was going to say gluey, but no, no, gooey, decadently gooey, try Wombai's Triple Cream Brie. All, all it's missing is a drinks cabinet. Okay, yes. so now there's a there's. Gelato. Gelato yes. is um, got a little name for itself in this area. Well, at Milani Food Co., mm. gelato is probably the second biggest reason why people go to Milani Food Co. after the cheese. <laughs> it's a big dairy town. I think we mentioned that. Yes. Um, so Milani Food Co., yes, they are synonymous with their gelato. It's all crafted on site from local Guernsey milk and cream that they get oh. from families in the area. Yeah. Interestingly, with their gelato, they churn rather than whip the base. Oh, really? And that produces a more 
creamier, I was going to say, richer yeah, texture. Because yeah. some gelatos you get are like like ice shavings, and you're like, totally, no, no, yeah. it's not good. No, not good. Mm. Um, so they've got about a hundred gelato flavors in their range. You can try things like coconut and ginger gelato, fig and almond, bubble gum. <coughs> Too, too too sweet, that Ugh, one. Yeah. Uh, sticky date. Mm. Mm. The one I did enjoy, Turkish Delight. You would have. <laughs> <laughs> I dabbled in quite a few. Um, I also enjoyed Blueberry and Lavender Gelato. That sounds like an air freshener. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. But I think it's got that whole sort of sweet yeah. and savoury thing happening. It does. Yeah. That yeah, very like- fragrant. If you like a fragrant gelato, <laughs> it's a killer combo. Now, you're never far away from a few picking... Friends, yes. what about Bird World? This is part of Milani Botanic Gardens, right? Mm. And the thing about these gardens, they are one of Australia's biggest private gardens. So there is this really cool guy there that you will probably meet because he's very hands-on. And his name is Frank Shipp. Really? And he migrated to Australia and transformed 23 acres of what was a cattle farm into his private botanical wonderland um, and and it's sort of like Disneyland for the green fingered it is just so gorgeous all these ponds and waterfalls themed gardens and because Frank is um, a huge twitcher as in big mm. fan of booties mm-hmm. um, he decided he would create some stirring aviaries to house rescued birds that mm. is admirable yes and you walked through the aviaries? You did can. You? Yes. yes. Okay. There's, there's four walk through free flight aviaries to admire. How fantastic. And they house about 700 birds. Wow. So if you have a fear of birds, don't go in the aviaries. <laughs> uh, it is the parrots that are the big crowd pleasers. Many were abandoned by previous owners. How could you do that to a parrot? I don't know. But anyway, Frank came to the rescue. Oh, good. And I had all manner, I have to say, this is very hands-on, this this walkthrough experience. I had all manner of very big, brash, cheeky birds landing on me, on my head, on my shoulders, on my back, including ridiculously colourful macaws. <laughs> Just, like, crazily coloured you know, macaws. Did you did you learn from your last experience and not leave any food for them? That you were I think you. I think uh, birds have got a thing with you. I, th- I think I'm a tractor beam for birds. I think they they just they're kind of picky and they well they that they, they they can spot a schmuck. <laughs> I think that's where I perhaps go wrong. And I had this, a number. Look of, at this! Look at this guy eating. Yeah. He's going to look up in the, in the yeah. sky in a moment and let us swoop in and just grab everything. Those macaws. Mm-hmm. They actually have quite sizable claws. So when they land on your upper back, boom, you know something's come to town. And then I had some big black cockatoos <laughs> land on me as well. Um, by the way, you will definitely want to meet the Amazon parrot called Coco. Now, Coco is like the diva of Mulaney mm-hmm. Botanic Gardens. She sings opera and she actually belted out for me the first verse of Old MacDonald Had a Farm, and she didn't drop a note. That is quite incredible. I would really like to explore your relationship with birds at some point because I think there is something there. All right, what about some good walks in the hinterland? Well, there are a lot of short and sweet forest walks. Mapleton Falls National Park is really good. Uh, The Wumpu Circuit, uh, very fragrant because you've got a lot of eucalyptus trees, so you'll be smelling like a koala as you walk through there. Uh, Koalas actually don't smell that good. No, this is true. Mm. Uh, And that takes you to Peregrine Lookout, where you've got 
the big gushing curtain of Mapleton Falls uh, and expansive views across the Obi Obi Valley. Beautiful, beautiful walk. And uh, there are a lot of fun shops, by the way, in Montville. So health recommendation, if you've been binging at the fun shops in Montville, this is the circuit, the the Wumpu circuit. This is the circuit to burn off that excess indulgence. Also, Condalila Falls, uh, nice wee rainforest hike there. And the Glasshouse Mountains would have to be on the agenda, right? Oh, I love these mountains. Oh, I know. Yes, just out of town uh, from either Malulaba or Mala- actually closest to Mullaney. If mm. you're in Mullaney, um, just follow the signposts to Mary Kengross Scenic Reserve. And this is like a, a rainforest refuge. They've got this fantastic boardwalk network through the forest. And then they've got this amazing elevated viewing deck at the information center, which gives you one of the best views of all across those 11 thrusting vertical rocky columns of the Glasshouse Mountains. Um, if you want to get up close with the mountains, head down Steve Irwin Way and follow the signposts, uh, and there will be um, a number of short walking trailers you can choose from to get right up close with these mountains. Okay. Now, there's there's a little um, mount. Tibro Gargan. Yeah, what is with that? It bears yes. resemblance of a face steering yes. to east towards yes. the ocean. And but, actually, but is it is it like our frog rock? Is it, uh, yeah, maybe, no? I think it depends on the light. Okay, right. Because I reckon frog rock depends on the yes. light as well. Frog rock, toad rock, rabbit rock. Yeah. Take a pick. I think if there's too much sunlight, it actually diminishes the outline people think they see. I think you actually need a cloudy day to right. start to see these things. It's all in the shadows. It's all in the shadows, Andrew. I've said that before. There's a before. lot to be said about that. There is indeed. Yes. Uh, stay with us. Coming up, we take you to you Monday to talk uh, to the incredibly enterprising Paul Thomas. Back in a mo. You're back with Kiwi Tripsters as we continue to romp our way through the Sunshine Coast. Now, Paul and Nikki Thomas anchor the social beating heart of Umundi. And joining us from Umundi, one half of the very industrious empire, Paul Thomas, great to have you aboard, Paul. Thank you for having me. Now, Paul, for our Canterbury listeners, your names will be familiar to many. How long has Umundi been home for you and Nikki? I've uh, been in Umundi five and a half years in Australia, um, just over 11. Um, yeah, it's a Amazing little town, thriving, thriving little town on a, especially on a market day. But um, Yumundi's now become a destination in itself. Paul, what exactly attracted you both there in the first place? I'd been there on holiday, of course, having living in New Zealand, been to Yumundi a couple of times, and never thought much of the town, rather than it had a markets. Um, but yeah, it's it's changed over the years, and um, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a hub. It's you know twenty minutes to Noosa, it's twenty minutes to Mullaney, it's right beside the Bruce Highway. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great spot. The Imperial is such a classic Aussie pub, isn't it? You know, a big Queenslander steeped in over a century of history. What really struck me, Paul, is just how diverse the venue is in terms of what it hosts, what you can offer. Give us some insight into that. Yeah, it's a bit of a beast now from what it was several several years ago. Um, a rundown hotel to a to a thriving business and with a varying number of uh, wings with it. Yeah, as you would have seen when we wandered around, there's uh, all little nooks and crannies, and the place just gets bigger and bigger from what you think it is from the outside. Um, yeah, we can do. Um, obviously, it's a food and beverage venue. Um, we do functions like weddings, corporate functions. 
parties, that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of live music, anywhere from a, a smaller room can hold 150 up to a larger room can hold 500 for a stand-up music gig. Um, we've got our own uh, Folktale or Yumundi Distillers with our Folktale gin brand. Um, we've got Yumundi Brewery back in there. Um, we've got the accommodation. Um, we've got three bottle shops. Um, and, yeah, it's just a very a very diverse business. Now, craft beers have been on the rise over the last couple of years, as we have spoke about in other podcasts, and your craft beers are fantastic. How long have you been producing these, and what makes them so good? Uh, August 2017, the Umundi Brewery opened uh, at the hotel. Um, the the brewer's brewer's philosophy is um, even though it's you know all these different flavors and things like that, it's still got to be easy drinking. Unlike some breweries you go to, you can you'll have one and that's it. Um, yeah, they're, they're all good easy drinking beers. Paul, you mentioned uh, your craft gin folktale. What do you think sets it apart? The venue for a start. Most distilleries in Australia. Um, are in industrial areas due to due to licensing and council restrictions, so we're lucky enough to have it in a in a, in a hotel business. Um, so that that for a starter sets it sets it well apart from most other distilleries around the area. And then also our um, our logo, our name, and our, our types of gin. Um, as an example, our kaffir lime gin, which is steeped in fresh leaves, gives a nice kaffir flavour and colour. And as Mike has mentioned, your uh, Navy Strength gin certainly blows your hair back. Yeah, the Navy Strength's uh, yeah, 57.1%. goes back to the old Navy days where the, where the sailors got their rations of rum or, or gin or whatever the captain gave them. And the, if it didn't light, he'd watered it down below 57.1. If it lit, they, they were happy. But, but I kept standing. <laughs> very, sm- very smooth. And, of course, the latest jewel in your Hospo Empire crown is the Boutique Hotel Holler, the House of Local Art. How long has this been going? Uh, we opened it in November last year. Um, it's 15, 15 rooms, four different room types. Um, yes, and a lot of a lot of um, there's about uh, fifty odd local artists' paintings in the rooms. Um, all Sunshine Coast based people, and also got ceramics um, and little, other little arts crystals and things like that, all made locally as well. I honestly felt like I was bedding down in an art gallery because you've got all of that incredible art, and then all the creature comforts loaded on top of that. You must be very proud of it. Yeah, it was either you go you go all in or you don't. Um, you know, there's a lot of competition around, so it had to be something unique and something different, especially in New Monday, um, where there's really no other accommodation. Um, you know, in, in Noosa, a lot of people want to go to Noosa, but yeah, we've, we've managed to attract a few people out and it's going well. The attention to detail is absolutely exceptional. You must be absolutely stoked with the rave reviews it's been receiving. Yes, all the reviews have been great. We've had uh, very little negative reviews, which is great. The um, Yeah, it all goes back to the builders and the, the interior designers and things like that, um, doing, doing a great job and giving us a great product to work with. Paul, you don't strike me as someone who rests on your laurels. Uh, what's the next big project? What have you and Nikki got in mind uh, on, the, on the fresh and creative front? Or are you going to just consolidate what you've got? <laughs> yeah, there's not, there's not much room to do much more there, really. We're um, just in the throes of renovation the drive-through bottle shop out the back just to make it a bit user-friendly a bit more user-friendly and um, yeah see what happens there but um, yeah there's no there's no room for doing do much else Paul thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure having you aboard no thank you guys appreciate uh, you airing us over back back home thank you very much Paul good to see you cheers guys just ahead we explore more great treats in the hinterland don't go away
Welcome back. This is Kiwi Tripsters with Mike and Andrew. As we mentioned with Paul, Umundi is a heaving hub of uh, creativity for the creative types. <laughs> Very much. Yes. It just sort of courses deep through the veins of Umundi. Uh, and if you are partial to a good market, a good haggle mm. as part of your travels, Umundi will blow your socks off because they have this twice weekly showstopper. Lovely. Hmm. And this extravagant market has been running for over, what, 40 years? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they are called the original Umundi Markets. Of course That they is are. trademarked, the original. And um, hmm. when they first began, they had three stalls and eight shoppers. <laughs> <laughs> you will now uh, find 600 stalls or more um, on a Wednesday and a Saturday wow. in Umundi. And they reckon that over the course of a year, about a million people visit Umundi just to go to the market. So it's a real powerhouse. The market motto, make it, bake it, sow it, grow it. Um, very much local yokel. Every Wednesday and Saturday, rain or shine, lots of locally made treasures, and it's just magnificent. Okay, it's, but it's the personal interactions with the producers mm. which really makes it such a magnetic you know, place to be. That's so true. Uh, and they're very, very outgoing in terms of that interaction. So you can sidle up and have a chat to people who make handcrafted furniture, homewares, artwork, ceramics, cutting-edge fashion, chat to the farmers, chat to the bakers as they sell fresh produce. Um, they've got these magnificent heritage-listed fig trees uh, at the market site. And oh, the one, big, yeah, big, like a the big, big fig. fig. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are attracted to these big figs to indulge in a massage, which is an interesting sort of locale for a bit of panel beating, but there you go. Okay. Um, tarot card reading. Very big business at the Umundi markets. Lots of live music, lots of street performers. It's like a sensory orgy. Excellent. That's a good sell point. I imagine the street eats are uh, rather diverse and there's a lot of them. Oh, I felt like I was taking my taste buds on a world tour because over the course of an hour, <laughs> I noshed my way through Japanese pancakes, peanut brittle, fresh roasted chestnuts. I slurped down glass upon glass of ice cold homemade lemonade because it was so hot. But best of all, how hot! It was a good thirty degrees. Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah, um, and not a, not much breeze. No, for the fig trees. No, but uh, the favourite stop from the street eats was yeah. the Langosh Ooh. caravan. Now I have been to Hungary, but I don't believe I tried their traditional street food, which is langosh. So this is like flatbread. Mm made from a simple yeast dough and deep fried in oil. Nice. Um, and if you want to go old school, try the salt and paprika langosh. That apparently is the traditional Hungarian langosh. But there's all sorts of flavour options, lots of sweet options, lots of cinnamon slathered options. They're just so good. I think I could live on these things. <laughs> I could imagine you would. <laughs> okay, so the food stalls are fantastic, but yep. what about the sit-down dining scene in town? What's that like? Yeah, a couple of quick tips. Um, there's a really nice new restaurant called Bungalow on the main street. It's sort of like a La Casa-style setting. Okay. Uh, Mediterranean-inspired food. Uh, and another uh, Southern European-inspired venue called Popina. Now, the thing about both of these places, Andrew, dessert. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I know this sounds indulgent and yeah. perhaps a bit shallow, but, I mean, the menus, the mains, they're lovely, yeah. but it's the dessert that will make your day or night. Yes. So at the bungalow, I had this coconut panna cotta, right? Yes. And it came accompanied with, listen to this, hmm. caramelised Prosecco cured pineapple. 
<sighs> How Queensland is that? With a bit of pineapple. Yeah. Uh, at Popina, yeah. I had uh, this dessert called Miller Fuya, which is French and translates as a thousand sheets. That'll be good on washing day. <laughs> Well, it's a light and airy puff pastry. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but this classic dessert was layered at Popina with what we would call custard cream, hmm. pistachio, and raspberry sorbet. I could go and eat that every day at Popina. You could. Yeah. Now, uh, the people that make this stuff, and I mean, you're a dab hand with a can of baked beans. That's Thank you. great. Thank you. And uh, But I, you did try your hand at the cooking school. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so just south of Umundi in a place called Yandina. Isn't that a great Australian name? Yandina. Yandina. Shell, shall we go to Yandina? I'll take, can you move the Cortina so I can get the Tirana <laughs> to get to Yandina? Going straight oh. to the full room. <laughs> well, anyway, at Yandina, you can find this culinary destination called the Spirit House, and it's Thai. It is just gorgeous. You will feel like when you arrive there, you have been transported to Thailand. Um, so they've got this award-winning Asian food restaurant on site, but also uh, the cooking school, and it's such a great opportunity to dabble. I felt like I'd been thrust onto the set of MasterChef, feeling hopelessly ill-equipped and out of my depth. I could imagine that. <laughs> MasterChef tonight, Mike Yardley. Mike, oh. what did you do with your baked beans? <laughs> well, I opened the t- So I, I'm hoping you branched further out than baked beans and crumpets. Um, uh, this is true. What did you cook? Well, we did a variety of salivating Thai dishes like slow-cooked <laughs> southern Thai curry with tamarind and potatoes. Um, I do like my desserts. I don't know if I've mentioned that, but <laughs> just just quietly <laughs> for dessert at the Spirit House, we cooked up the steamed sticky rice with coconut and seasonal fruits, which was Ooh. really really heavenly. The thing which I loved about the cooking school at the Spirit House, they just put you at ease straight away. Like I felt like a complete schmuck there, right? <laughs> totally out of my comfort zone. Yes, but it's a really sociable experience. <laughs> you mean you couldn't find the tin opener? <laughs> Um, they will have you cooking with confidence in no time. I actually felt quite good about the whole thing. Where's the toaster? Where do I put the crumpets in? Oh, I know. <laughs> I tell you, something I did learn, which I'd never appreciated about Thai food, particularly yeah. rice, Yeah. Thai cooks will always wash their rice twice. Wash your rice twice? There's yeah. a T-shirt in that. There is. And it's to remove the excess starch yeah. and to achieve that pure white colour of Thai rice. That is very cool. So wash your rice. Twice. To make it nice. Move on. Okay, coming up, we're going to finish off with some industry tips on booking a great holiday with Carly Baston from My Queensland. Don't go away. Have you been looking to book a warm Queensland holiday this winter? My Queensland's hand-picked holidays are on sale now, where holiday packages include stays at some of the best resorts with exclusive bonus extras. Bookings before June 30 receive a bonus $200 Experience Oz voucher to spend on a choice of over 800 Queensland experiences. But hurry, offer only available for the first 250 bookings. Visit myqueensland.co.nz to find your kind of Queensland holiday. Terms and conditions apply.
You're back with Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, as we turn the spotlight on the Sunshine Coast. And joining us from my Queensland is Carly Baston. Good to see you, Carly. And to see you. Thank you for having me. Carly, the beginner's guide to my Queensland. Who are you? And what makes My Queensland different to other holiday deal providers? Well, My Queensland's actually um, part of the Flight Centre Group. So, um, Flight Centre's got over 40 years of experience in the travel space, which is, you know, fabulous, uh, particularly for My Queensland. But I guess where we really are different to your usual travel agency or provider is that we do all the hard work for you. So, where we specialise is actually carefully curated holiday packages that are tried and tested. So, we package up the best experiences with the best accommodation. We can do flights, transfers. It's it's like a holiday in a box. Um, so, what we can offer is no thinking. Just, I want to go on a holiday. This is a wonderful deal. One phone call, one payment, and we look after everything for you. So, you don't have to worry about what to do when you're there. We actually tell you what to do when you're there and it's it's an amazing experience. Okay, but give us a bit of background about what makes your deals so special. I think it's the the, the little extras and the bonus value. So, we're very much about value for money, um, but it's all about those extras. We actually have so much bonus value uh, included in all of our packages. So, those extra tours and attractions and the room upgrades and the, um, you know, the, the wine, dine and spa credits and, and all those fabulous inclusions that kind of make you feel really special when you're, when you're on those holidays. Um, that's what we provide. So, like I said, we do all the legwork um, so that our customers can just go and enjoy their holiday and they don't have to worry about anything and feel like a bit of a rock star when you're there. Being the Queensland travel experts <laughs> and with the Sunshine Coast taking centre stage, obviously, on our podcast today, what are your expert tips on what to do on a trip to the sunny coast? The Sunshine Coast. Well, first of all, you have to call it the sunny coast. So, <laughs> a bit of local knowledge there, being a Queenslander. Um, yeah, and, and the reason is because 300 days of the year, there's sunshine. So, you can't go too far wrong with that, right? Um, but a couple of little known facts about the Sunshine Coast is that it's actually um, the uh, beer capital of Australia. It's actually got more breweries per capita than anywhere else in Australia. So, that's that's pretty cool. Um, and there's a few hidden gems in the Sunshine Coast that you do have to go and check out. So, so many things are walking distance from the accommodation that we provide, but uh, get yourself a car and actually go and explore because the hinterland is absolutely stunning. Um, so many little hidden gems there, the storybook uh, charm of Montville and Mullaney. Um, we do have some upcoming packages in those regions as well. Um, you've got one of the biggest private gardens in Australia, which is the Mullaney Botanic Gardens and Bird World. Now, if birds aren't your thing, that's okay. You can just go and check out the gardens, but they actually have a fully enclosed aviary and you can go in there and the birds are actually really friendly and they they come and sit on your shoulder and have a bit of a chat which is an amazing experience um of course uh what everybody would know about the home of the crocodile hunter uh steve Irwin is australia zoo now that's got something for everyone it's kind of pegged as a a family friendly um it's a full day um experience but you know you you don't have to have kids you can go to australia zoo and, and really have a good time so i was up there not long ago and i was blown away it was just such an amazing experience. So, definitely a must-do if you're going to the Sunshine Coast. Um, but the foodie scene on the sunny coast, it's its amazing. its uh, You've got 
world-class cuisine um, that's now in all of these little hidden pockets across the Sunshine Coast. And you've got Mulaney cheese and you can get fresh prawns straight off the trawler in Mooloolabar. So, um, and there's the award-winning Spirit House as well. So, you've just got so many options. If you like your food and drink, it's a, it's a really good destination to go to. Um, but, of course, the beaches. I mean, you can't go past the beaches. It's the Sunshine Coast. So, um, you know, from the south to the north, there's, there's beautiful beaches, as I mentioned, just most of them are walking distance from a lot of our holiday packages. You've got Kings Beach, Selly Beach um, and Golden Beach, just to, to name a few. So, get out there and enjoy the beach walks and take a dip. It's amazing. What is the biggest recommendation my Queensland would make for travellers who are looking to head to Queensland for a great holiday? Look, I think one of the the biggest recommendations that we can make is travel insurance. I think if we've learned anything over the last two years is that anything can happen. So, um, I, I think that's really important. And we are a full service travel agency and we can help you to, to get a really good deal with your travel insurance. And as I said, it's it's one phone call and one payment and we look after everything for you. And one of the benefits of um, booking through My Queensland is if something does go wrong and you have your travel insurance, we can coordinate all that for you and make alternate arrangements for you as well. So, I think that's really important. And particularly travelling from New Zealand into Australia, um, just to have that extra peace of mind. All right. Have you got a special Sunshine Coast deal that you'd like to share with our listeners? And tell us why you love this deal as well, Carly. Well, I mean, we've got lots of deals. But this one, I think it's such a bestseller. And I think the reason it's such a bestseller is that it does include Australia Zoo. <laughs> so, um, it's at one of our partners, long-term partners um, on the Sunshine Coast, at just overlooking Kings Beach. It's called Altika Shearwater Resort in Caloundra. Um, and it's just those extra bonus value adds that you have. So, um, this particular offer, you, if you want to come over to Australia, to the Sunshine Coast, flop and drop for seven nights. Um, it's only $649 per person. That's twin share. Um, and we've also got flights if you want to add your flights and transfers. So transferring through from Brisbane, um, that'll be $14,990 per, uh, $14, per person. I'm sorry. Um, so both packages, as I said, they're seven nights. Um, you have a one bedroom apartment. So, you, you know, you don't have to dine out every day. You can have that convenience of a home away from home. Um, it includes parking and Wi Fi. And but I think the best thing is because of the um, extra value adds that we have, there's about $1,250 of extra bonus value. So, if any of your listeners were going out to go and book that direct and all these components direct, it would cost them a lot more. So, um, that's where we sort of try and add a lot of value for our customers is those bonus inclusions. So, it does, as I mentioned, include um, entry to Australia Zoo, so home of the crocodile hunter um, for two people um, and that's in transfers from the accommodation as well. So, if you don't have a car and you just want to hang around Caloundra, which is walking distance to heaps of shops and restaurants on the beach, um, then it's just the convenience of having someone pick you up and take you out to the zoo. Um, you also got a late checkout, which is always nice. You know, on the last day of your holidays, you don't want to getting up and rushing around. Um, and just to start things off, nice bottle of wine to, to kick off your holiday, which is great. Um, we also include in those packages what we call our um, My Queensland Local Experience Passes. So that gives you access to um, exclusive deals and discounts for some of the most popular attractions on the Sunshine Coast. So that includes the Sea Life Aquarium. Um, there's also Next Level, which is like a climbing course, which is the new thing to do. And um, there's heaps of other tours and attractions 
options to really uh, make the most of your time on the Sunshine Coast as well. Fantastic. So how can Kiwis book this great offer? The simplest thing that you can do is either give one of our My Queensland Holiday Experts a call on 0800 422 004 or just jump on the website. We have a brand new website just for New Zealanders um, and that is myqueensland.co.nz. So you can check out all of the packages um, and make some inquiries and we can help you out with your, your holiday to Queensland. Thanks for joining us, Carly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So just to repeat the website, head to myqueensland.co.nz. Well, that's wrapping it up for this edition. Be sure to like and follow our Facebook page and our show notes, as always, are available on the website kiwitripsters.co.nz. For some great travel reading on all things Sunshine Coast, check out our feature articles on For the Love of Travel, the website address fortheloveoftravel.nz. That is fortheloveoftravel.nz. Plus, we would love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters wherever you get your podcast, which is basically everywhere or anywhere. And we'll catch you again in a fortnight when we head to Marlborough. Thanks for listening. Take care. Look after yourself. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.